0: Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. Thank you, Pastor. Praise God. Look at that. I took off the mask and already I look 20 years older. (laughs) God is so good, isn't he? Hallelujah. It's good to be with God's people always. And uh, I I, uh, consider you the royal family, by the way. You are the king's kids after all. Amen. The Bible says you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Right at the right hand of glory. So you can't get any better than that. And the greatest title you could ever have is to be called a son of God. Amen? So all of us that are born of God's spirit, we are adopted sons of God. Do you know that that is the greatest title? The prime minister of our country does not have that title as far as I know. Amen? And uh, you have it. Uh, I'd rather be called a son of God than to be called an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle. I would rather be known as an adopted Son of the living God. It's sound level, too. It's where we ought to be as brothers and sisters. I want to uh, thank Pastor uh, Mike Gordon for allowing me to, to come this morning, but not just this morning. He's allowed me to speak from the pulpit here in times past. And, uh, you know, it's a tremendous risk for a pastor to do that, uh, especially now because, I mean, I'm heading out of town. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have tremendous respect for the body of Christ and uh, for the pastors. And, you know, um, we do have wonderful pastors here. I know when Pastor Mike came, uh, they were candidating here for the, for the position of pastor. And uh, I voted yes. And uh, all of you who voted no, uh, we don't want to know who you are. <laughs> no, I, I really believe that, uh, that we cast the lot, but the decision lies with the Lord. And he puts the body together as it pleases him. Amen. So, uh, the pastor is not here because we hired him. He's not our employee. He is God's servant. Amen. And that's how we should regard him. And we should esteem him very highly in love for his work sake. And uh, so, I do my best to try and do that. And be supportive and be kind. Um, Also, our other pastors... You know, I was in Pastor Glenn's office uh, during the fusions. They, they asked me to be one of the prayer members there. And I'm looking around his office, and I'm seeing all these degrees that he's got up there. He's been to, uh, I don't know if he's got two university degrees, plus he's got the Bible college degree, and, and he's got all kinds of musical instruments there. Man, this guy is a talented individual. And Charles, amen? And uh, I've heard Charles speak over the years. And, you know, Charles is, is a very good speaker. Um, he can bring forth a good message, and he has a great gift of healing that flows out of his ministry. Uh, you know, you have to be thankful to God for all of these things that he has put together in his church, in his body. Amen. And, and all of us, we are all ministers. Uh, please don't think when you come to church that you've come for the show. Uh, it shouldn't matter who's leading, who's preaching. Uh, you know, we should lift up our hands. We're a royal priesthood called to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his glorious light. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to invite you to turn with me to Genesis 1 if you want to follow along. I don't know if they uh, put the verses up on the overhead or not. I haven't had a chance to to really look. Um, I'm kind of going a bit old school, uh, seeing as I'm only going to be here Uh, you know, for these two services. Do you know, uh, when I was pastoring, uh, I I did things very similar to Pastor Mike. Uh, I never had the overhead stuff, the technology, but I can tell you that I had a manuscript in front of me for every single sermon that I preached. I mean, I preached well over 3,500 sermons, I think now, and I had a manuscript written up for every single... I don't do it now, but I certainly did it then. And if you're standing before a congregation Sunday after Sunday and you've got to have a word every single Sunday, well, amen, it requires some effort. And um, so I, I commend him. Praise God. So, you know, Pastor, I, I, I remember, I'm just sort of rambling on here now, but uh, when I pastored, I remember one time doing a series on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This was in Sturgeon Falls. I preached for several months on the baptism of the Holy Ghost every single Sunday, and uh, nobody got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Nobody, not a single person. All of a sudden, they have this evangelist. Well, not they. We <laughs> had this evangelist come in to our congregation, and he preaches on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and seven people get filled in with the Spirit, right? And, uh, you know, then people, because we're people, have a tendency to do comparisons, and, oh, wow, this great, but you know what? The pastor plowed the way. He's the one that laid the foundation, right? And so it's, it's a, we shouldn't esteem people more highly than we ought. And it's, the Bible says it's, a, it's a, when we make comparisons one with another, we are not wise. We are brothers. We are brothers and sisters. And in, in God's sight, we all have this great value. Amen? Hallelujah. So Genesis chapter 1, Genesis is an important book uh, because Genesis sets the precedent for the rest of the Bible. And uh, I want you to see something really, really important in uh, Genesis chapter 1. The title I'm giving to this uh, word this morning, this message, is uh, the uh, atmosphere of the supernatural. So in the beginning, this is a King James Version In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. If you're reading in a more modern English version, it's going to say hovered. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessing once again upon your word, O God. I pray, O God, that the spirit of the living God would rest upon us, that you would enable me to communicate to your people, Father, that which you want to give them today, that which you would use to encourage them and to build them up and to strengthen them. Father, have your way, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful And holy name. And everyone said, amen. Praise God. Friends, before there was a star in the heavens, right now we have the Hubble telescope up in outer space, staring out into the heavens. They are finding galaxies upon galaxies. Amen. The number of stars that are out there is enormous, upwards in the millions of millions. And every one of those stars that exists, God knows them all by name. Amen. Amen. And the smallest, smallest particle that man has discovered, they call it a quark, by the way, uh, smaller than the proton, the electron, it's the smallest particle known unto man. It's called a quark. But if it can be measured, if it can be weighed, whether it be physical, whether it be energy, whether it be spirit such as angel, whatever it might be, brothers and sisters, all things that are were created by God. Amen? And if there was nothing, there would still be God. Amen? Praise God. You'll notice as you read, brothers and sisters, Genesis uh, chapter 1 and verse number 1, it starts with the big picture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Science is not able to speak with any kind of authority about the beginnings. By its very nature, science is incapable of giving any real definitive answer concerning the beginning of the world that we live in. First of all, for science to be accurate, it has to prove it. So it has to recreate it, right? So you'll notice in science, what they'll do is they'll write a paper about their discovery. Then they'll have it peer-reviewed. Somebody else has to recreate what they did. Well, try to recreate creation. Let's see you do it. Amen, it's impossible. So all science can do is give you a guess. It can hypothesize and it can theorize. But it does so apart, some of it apart from God. So it really cannot speak with authority about the beginning. But the Bible can. In the Bible, we have the only eyewitness account of the creation. It's given by revelation to Moses, but nonetheless, it is the eyewitness account. In the beginning, brothers and sisters, amen, there was a beginning and there shall be an end. But in the beginning, it was God who set things in motion. He created the heavens and he created the earth. Now, when we hit verse number two, the picture narrows considerably. Now, we come down to the tiny planet that we are living on. And at this moment in time, we have the description here of its condition. The earth was without form and it was void and darkness covered the face of the deep. This word here translated in our Bibles without form. To me, it's a carpenter's term. When they built my house that we are living in, not mine, but Myrtle's, that we are living in in Fairford, the first thing they did after they dug the hole was they poured Uh, The footings. And before they can pour the footings, they must build. The carpenter has to go in and he has to build a form. Then the cement truck comes in, of course, and pours the cement into the form. But it's the form that gives the shape to the footings. And it's the form that defines the purpose. Amen? So without that form, what you have when the truck comes and pours the footings or pours the cement is you have a mess is what you have you have confusion. It is worthless. It has no purpose. It is good for nothing. It's just laying there in the hole. That is what the Hebrew word means. It means the earth had no purpose. It means it was a place of desolation. It was a place of confusion. It was a worthless place. Are you with me? But the world also at that time was void. That is, It was empty. Now, when it says void, friends, it instantly kills the theory of evolution. For to have evolution, you have to have something that's there to grow from. Amen? So if there is nothing there, if it is empty and there is no life at all, then you cannot have evolution. Amen? So whatever the scientists say, one day they will all discover that they're wrong. Just like, you know, when they thought the earth was flat. Praise God. Listen, friends, I want to build my life not upon the theories of men. I want to build my life on a sure foundation. I want to build my life on that which I can depend upon, and I know is certain, and I know is true. Amen? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and it was void. It was empty. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. I Try to imagine this. You couldn't see this planet. It's not like when they go out into outer space today and they they look back and here's this beautiful blue planet and they can see the continents and, and they can see the oceans. Amen? It wasn't like that. There was darkness. There was confusion. There was desolation. There was worthlessness. It was a planet that was out there, good for nothing, and it was empty, covered in darkness. And the Spirit of God moved. Upon the face of the waters. This word moved is an interesting Hebrew word. It's only found three times in all the Bible. In Isaiah, it's translated shake. In Deuteronomy, it's uh, translated flutter. It makes me think of when Jesus was baptized by John. And they said they saw the Spirit of God coming down upon him. And lighting upon him like a dove. That was the physical sight that was seen. And I think of the dove coming fluttering. The Holy Spirit fluttering. I like the King James translation best because it uses the word moved. Hover kind of implies resting or a stationary effect. But moving implies activity. Surely the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the water and was engaged in the work of creation. That's just a fact. Amen. So here we see this, this great, great work of God. Now God is going to speak. The word of God is going to come forth. forth. In verse number 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Wow, just that fast. Don't you know the Holy Ghost could have created the light? He had the power to do that. But I want you to understand something important about the Trinity. In the Trinity, friends, they always act in concert. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Always act in one action. So no matter where you read in the Bible, if you read about the Father working, you can be sure the Son and the Holy Spirit is working also. Always. That is the facts. That's the, that's, that's, the, that's the case. God works in one action. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So God speaks, and then the world comes into existence. It reminds me of the story of Jesus when he was in Capernaum. And in Capernaum, there were four men who had a friend, and they brought their friend to Jesus. The Bible says the power of the Lord was because of the press. They lowered him down through the roof, and when they got him to the feet of Jesus, Jesus said to him, Son, your sins are forgiven. The power of the Lord was present to heal, and the word of God was at work. Are you with me? Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible says about creation... In John chapter 1 verse number 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him and there was nothing made that was not made by him. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Oh, hallelujah. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 15, it says this, He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation, All things were made through him, by him, whether things in heaven or things on earth, whether visible or invisible, brothers and sisters, whether they be principalities or dominions or power or might, all things were made by him, and they were made for him. And he is before all things, and through him all things hold together. They consist. Amen? He is the mighty God, the Lord Jesus. He is the creator, praise God, of heaven and of earth, all things. The word of God, I want you to see that, the precedent that is being set here in the beginning of Scripture, the word of God and the spirit of God that are at work together. Brothers and sisters, this is what separates us from all peoples on the face of the earth. This is what makes us different from every religion, no matter what religion it might be. This is what sets us apart, the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. This is our possession. These are our treasures. Amen? In the prophet Isaiah, chapter 59, verse number 20, the the Lord speaking through the prophet says, A Redeemer shall come to Israel. And to the house of Jacob, uh, to those in the house of Jacob who turn from transgression, amen, a redeemer will come. And God says, and this is the covenant that I will make with them. Amen. The spirit that is upon you and the word that is in your mouth shall not depart from the mouth of your children or your children's children from this day forth and forever. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know what that means, friend? That means the Word of God in your mouth is the same as the Word of God in His mouth. The Word of God, the Bible says about the Word of God, it's living, it's active, it's powerful. Amen. A living word, a powerful word. It divides between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word that has been spoken by God, friends, is still at work today. It is a living word. Amen. It's not just something that's written on the page. It is a word that is active. Glory to God. God says in his word, the word that has come forth out of my mouth shall never come back unto me empty. Amen. It shall accomplish everything for which I send it forth to do. Friends, that word of God is at work in your life today. Amen? The Bible says about the Holy Spirit, it says in the book of Acts, quoting Joel the prophet, it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters... Shall, shall what? They shall prophesy. What shall they do? They shall speak with the anointing of God. They, they shall declare the word of God. They shall speak with that power in their, in their voice, in their, in their words. Amen? They shall prophesy, speaking under inspiration of the Spirit. Your young men will have visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm dreaming that young men will have visions. Glory to God. They shall dream dreams and upon my servants and my handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy glory be unto God. Hallelujah. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know that the Spirit of God is living within you? Amen. The mighty God who hovered over the face of the waters is hovering over your life. The mighty God who shone, who worked rather in the darkness, is working in the darkness today. You may have a loved one, That's living in darkness. You may have a loved one that's addicted, amen, to some kind of drug or alcohol or gambling. They may have a marriage that is falling apart. They may be under all kinds of pressure, oppressed by the enemy. But I want you to know today that the Spirit of God is hovering. He's working. He's moving in the dark places. All that's needed is for you and I to go and speak the word, the living word. Amen. Oh, glory be unto God. That word that God spoke, friends, that you read in the Bible, that word that God spoke concerning you is at work in you today. The word of God is living in you. The word of God abides within you. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask of me anything and I will do it. Amen? You shall ask the Father and he will do it. The word of God abiding in you. Do you ever wonder what that means? Does it mean just reading the Bible and try to, Get it all memorized inside of you. The word of God is abiding in you because the word that was spoken, friends, has made you a new creature. If anyone is in Christ, he's a brand new creature. The old creature has passed away. Everything has become new. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You, will be, you belong to God by creation and by redemption. He knit you together inside of your mother's body. And then he declared, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When he made Adam, he said it is very good. When he made you, he said it's Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so when that word of God came to you and you believed it, then that promise that God spoke, just like he brought this creation into being, he brought you into being as a as a new creature, a new creation, and the word of God is living in you, and the Holy Ghost is this is the precedent. That is said in Genesis chapter 1. This is the atmosphere of the supernatural. Not just the atmosphere that is in this building here this morning. But it's the atmosphere that you live in every day. Every moment of time. You are living in the atmosphere of the supernatural. God's word. Whether you feel it or not. Is at work in you. Keeping you. Amen. Holding you together. That's the spirit of God is with you. No matter what. Now listen, friends, when I was a young Christian, I was in the military, and they sent me to Panama City, Florida. How many of you would like to spend four months in Panama City, Florida? It's a beautiful place. The the air base there had its own private beach that we went to. I went to the beach every single day. I had been a Christian for three months. I had been baptized in the Holy Ghost, and now I was on my way to Panama City for training. When I got there, Well, in Canada, I I, have been a Catholic, and then I became a, a believer. As a Catholic, I always believed in the Trinity, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died, was buried, rose again from the dead. But one day, I found out how real Jesus is, that I could talk to him personally, and he'd be in my life. I was saved. Now I'm down in Panama City, Florida. I'm a young Christian. Now I'm away from the church that I got saved in. I'm looking for a church. To me, it had to be Pentecostal. The only Pentecostal churches I could find in the phone book were United Pentecostal. And the one I ended up in was a very unfriendly church. I'm sorry to say that about them, but it was the truth. Man, we had no fellowship with anybody. I'm a new, cre- I'm a new uh, believer. I'm struggling. I'm struggling along. Oh, it was difficult. And then uh, I used to get all my blessings on Sunday night after church. I used to come home and i turn on the radio they had on their station all Sunday evening, they had uh, gospel music. There was a group called the Kingsmen. They were singing this song about uh, about heaven, the streets of glory, Glory Boulevard and Hallelujah Square. That was some of the words in the song. I had become so discouraged now, so despondent. I thought for sure that I would never make heaven my home. I thought I was too much of a sinner ever to make it to heaven. Now I know heaven's real, but I'm absolutely convinced I'm not going there. I know I'm going to be going to hell. That's what I'm thinking my destiny is. I was numb on the inside, had no feeling at all. The Kingsmen were singing away, uh, talking about the streets of uh, Glory Boulevard and Hallelujah Square. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be there. And I heard the Spirit of God speak to me by name. Derek, you don't deserve it, but you're going to be there. When you get to heaven, ask the Lord Jesus, where is the corner of Glory Boulevard? And hallelujah square, there's a mansion there, and I'm going to be in it. I'm going to be in it. Now, why is that important? Well, it's not because I had this epiphany or this revelation by the Spirit. It was written here in the book. I found out later. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that the word of God that was spoken into your life in the beginning is active. It is powerful. It is still at work in you today that you are living a supernatural life, that God is at work in you, holding your hand every single day. He knows every trial that you're going to face, every temptation. He knows where you're going to stumble. He knows where you're going to, you know, have a really difficult time in life. He knows what you're going to go through, friends. He knew that from the beginning, and his word has been at work in your life, keeping you, holding you, carrying you through, and you will one day make heaven your home because the word of God can never fail. Oh, some of you are happier about this than others. (laughs) Hallelujah. Work in you and the spirit of God that is dwelling within you. It is God's mighty work. Ephesians chapter 1. The incomparably great power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Raised you also out of death of sin and trespasses. And along with Jesus, he exalted you. He lifted you up into heavenly places in Christ. And he seated you with Christ, amen, even at the right hand of glory. He seated you with Jesus, friend, above all principality and power and dominion and might in every name that can be named in the place of excellence, the place of blessing, the place of glory. Jesus is there and you are there with him. You are living a supernatural life. You are living in the atmosphere of the supernatural. Not just when you come to church, but always. But I got to tell you, coming to church is a great moment. It's a great moment. Why? When we all get together, the kings, the priest, the temple of God, The dwelling place of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God begins to move on the people. God's people begins to flutter over the people of God. Then gifts of healing are birthed. Faith is birthed. Amen. God is working in his people. The preacher, he brings forth the word of God. They sang a song here this morning. They didn't know what I was preaching about. They sang a song here this morning. I noticed in one of the verses of that song, it spoke about the word of God. Man, I thought, wow, that's what I am preaching about here today. You are a supernatural people, Isn't that Wonderful. Listen, friends, don't come to church for the good music. Don't come for the good music. Don't come to be entertained. Amen. If you think church is for you, and you are and you are here, and that we're going to serve you, you are, you know, we're going to wait up. A- Churches for Jesus, we came here to wait on Him, we came here to lift him up, We came here to serve Him, and it shouldn't matter if there's heart or Jesus on the main line, or it shouldn't matter, We're come to meet the King. And we've come to hear the word, and we've come, amen, for the moving of the Holy Ghost. In our lives. Hallelujah. You should come to church every Sunday knowing that when you come, you bring the supernatural with you because you live in the atmosphere of the supernatural. The Bible says it in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. The creative power of God is at work through you. Isn't that good? This is what gives me confidence as a traveling minister. I know that no matter what situation I step into, whatever place I go to, I don't know what I'm going to face when I get there. I don't know the condition of the church. I don't know if there's infighting or if everything's united. I don't know anything about those people. I don't know who's going to show up in the services. I've had gang members from the city of Winnipeg show up in the meetings that I was preaching in. And I have confidence. I have confidence. Why? Because I know that the Spirit of God is moving in the darkness. And the Word of God, so powerful. Amen? Hallelujah. Pastor Glenn, if you abandoned me, are you still with me? There he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, what, what wonderful singers we have, musicians. I want to invite you to stand this morning. Now, because of this uh, pandemonium, <laughs> this state of confusion that we're living through, amen, this pandemic... We can't invite you to come down to the altar. In some ways, that's good. Now, I'm not going to be able to go down there and lay your hands, my hands upon you. And that's good. Because that automatically takes you away from the minister. The, we used to call him the, the man with the power in his hands. The evangelist with the power in his hands. Takes you away from that. Amen. The word of God says, draw nigh unto God. He will draw nigh unto you. Amen? I know you're all of you facing different situations. Some of you in your workplace, man, the only thing that's stopping you from plowing the boss is that you're a Christian. It's tough. For some, it's like that. They're abused in their workplace. It's hard. They've got to keep going, provide for their families. But it's a rough place. Some have lost jobs. Some are wondering how they're going to make their rent, how they're going to buy their groceries. Amen. Some are struggling with temptations. Now that we have all this extra time on our hands, some of us are on the internet in places we ought not to be. We're going through stuff. Amen. But the Word of God, so powerful. Amen. I'm going to speak that Word over you this morning. The word of God. I want you to focus your attention for the next few moments upon Jesus. Amen. If you can stand, I invite you to stand. But if you can't, I understand you. Just stay where you are in your seat. I'm going to invite you too to to raise your hands and worship to God. David said, let the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. That's when Jesus died, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. "Let Let the lifting up of my hands be like the sacrifice Jesus made. going to invite you to begin to worship God. If you can pray in the Spirit, I invite you to worship in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Just believe the Spirit of God will flutter upon the people. God will begin to do His work in your life. Some of you are discouraged. God will lift you right up out of that if you let Him. If you let Him let your mind go free from that discouragement. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus, who he is, what he's done for you. Brother Glenn, amen. Get ready to receive a blessing. Get ready for it. Amen, it's coming. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.